Welcome to the Awakening Women podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Oten, and for almost a decade, I have been a transformation coach and therapist. This podcast is all about lifting the veil of consciousness and awakening to the truth. It is also about helping you to raise the bar in all areas of your life and relationships by starting with you. If you're ready to take back your personal power and reclaim your life, you have come to the right place. I'm so glad that you're here. So let's get started with today's episode. All right, in this episode, we're going to chat over four mistakes or four areas that I see so many women struggling and floundering with when they are experiencing narcissistic abuse in their primary relationship. They are juggling many things. Most of the women are juggling careers, whether it's part-time jobs, whether it is full-time, they have kids, or you're more entrepreneurial, you have, you run your own business, similar, like something like I do, or you have a freelance or you do other things that are aside from, uh, just solely being at home. And you're also raising kids oftentimes. So doesn't mean that every single woman that's listening to this podcast falls into that category, but for the majority of women that I have worked with over the years, you fall into something very similar to that scenario. And so these are four things that I see women in these scenarios most struggling with. And we're going to go over them today. So let's dive in. So the first thing that I see women struggling with is just exactly this, the just leave pressure. And you're going to hear everyone else say, if you are experiencing gaslighting and manipulation and lying and all the things of narcissistic abuse. This is aside from physical abuse. I'm not talking about that in this scenario. That is always one scenario where, yes, you should be packing up your stuff and getting your kids out of danger if you're dealing with a especially volatile, violent person. That does not minimize the effects of psychological, emotional abuse. I always feel like I have to add that disclaimer in here so that we know what we're talking about, that I am not condoning staying in a relationship. I'm also not saying to stay in one that is abusive in other ways because it's not less harmful. But what happens, and this is where I come in and this is exactly what I do with women, is I help them while they're in it to build themselves up to get to the clarity and the strength and the foundations and the plan and the strategy to safely and successfully get out in an empowered way. So that's what we're talking about here in this conversation. But every single one of you is most, I shouldn't say every single one of you, some women listen that are out of the relationship. I know that. Uh, But if you're in the relationship, the biggest struggle is that you're trying to force a decision. And so you're sitting in this struggleville of, I need to make a decision. What do I do? What do I do? And you stay in this limbo of back and forth. One minute you feel like you're sure and you need to get out and you feel the motivation to propel you forward. You start taking steps and then things happen Patterns happen, cycles happen that pull you back in to self-questioning. There are lots of factors that cause this phenomenon to happen, this this cycle, right? There's various factors. It's multidimensional. It is, um, you know, there's various factors involved. So it's not just about you need to think about making the decision for yourself. There's past programming. There is going to the wrong people. There is getting the wrong information. So you keep going back into the same patterns. 
So what doesn't work is to try and force a decision. It's to realize that you have not been given the correct guidance. It's not your fault. You've been given guidance from people that maybe have shitty relationships themselves, like maybe your parents or friends that have failing marriages or from people that don't know any better or people that don't know exactly what you're experiencing. You're going to therapists that don't understand what this is all about and they don't have the right strategies and framework and experience to actually guide you and lead you through a process. You just go and you talk every week. Talk therapy has its own benefits. I'm not knocking it. But when you're in a scenario like this and in a situation like this, going every week to just talk about everything without a plan of action to actually move you forward, like the steps, you're floundering, you're spinning, you're paying money, you're wasting your time, your um, travel time, your sitting there time, all of it, the time that you're using to work to pay for the session that really isn't doing you a whole lot of good. Like maybe it offers you a bit of relief to get some stuff off your chest for, you know, once a week. But you will notice, and this has been the case for every woman I've ever spoken to really or worked with, is that it doesn't actually give you a, a forward momentum uh, path. So you don't have that, that strategy and that path and that way to actually take the steps to move forward. So you stay spinning in this hamster wheel and you're doing all the things, you're exhausted, you don't know what else to do. And so you think thinking and sitting in this, oh, what do I do? What do I do? And you're trying to force a decision. You feel like you should leave. You feel like there's something wrong with you because you can't leave. That just makes the shame worse. And then you kind of go into like a little uh, hole, right? A dark hole. And then you have people around you saying, what are you doing? Just get out. Just get out. You read it on Instagram everywhere. Get out, get out, get out. It's toxic. Get out. Well, yeah, the goal would be to get out of a toxic abusive relationship. Yes. If I just said that, what's the point of even having a podcast? Just leave. Just call the podcast. Just leave. What are you doing? Get out. Doesn't help. That is so ridiculous. And while I would never say stay in something like this, I know that every woman has her own journey to go through in order to get to that place. And from my therapist background, I have this, well, I also have this intuitive knowing, but it is from my therapy background, is that you don't, you don't tell someone what to do. You let them find the answers to, uh, like, show them where to look and recognize that someone that is sitting in front of you that is terrified, scared, has all these fears, that is experiencing abuse, and someone in front of them says, what are you doing? Just leave. That you're actually making it worse and you're pushing that person away and they're going to be less likely to come to you. And that's what I see. So it is it is going to lead into um, the next thing that I have to say uh, as another big, huge mistake that I see women making over and over, like so much, is just the perpetual venting and the sharing with the wrong people. So you could be venting to your best friend, but if your best friend doesn't have anything to offer you, which they likely don't unless they've lived it or they have some kind of therapeutic background or they've worked with clients in these scenarios, you're not going to be getting the advice that's going to actually empower you. And what I've seen, unfortunately, with a lot of clients and women, that this is the sad thing that can happen in these situations, is you start to find out who your true friends are and even sometimes your closest family members. 
in essence, whether it's conscious or unconscious, intentional or unintentional, they can create this dynamic where you are forced to no longer go to them with things. Because as you grow and set boundaries and realize who's there for you and who actually really isn't when the chips fall, you get kind of lonely. It feels really lonely. It feels like you are on your own. And that can be a really scary place to be when you're dealing with this type of abuse and manipulation to feel like you have nowhere safe to turn to. So the second one is <clears throat> women who are in these relationships they go to the wrong people and they spend way too much time just venting and complaining and going in Facebook groups and writing these long drawn out posts. I see it all over the place. Uh, it's going to the wrong people. It's regurgitating the same stories. It's telling the same stories over and over and over and over and over to anyone who will listen. So number one, if you do have true friends and family that ha have your back, you're going to burn them out. They're going to get tired of hearing about it because Unfortunately, being in these relationships is really hard to see your way out of it on your own. And you keep bumping up against the same patterns and it gets tiring if, from, from the other standpoint, right? Is people will get tired no matter how much they care about you. They're going to get tired of hearing the same thing. They're going to have a hard time seeing you in this scenario, right? So you need to take ownership, get empowered and get the right support so that you are no longer taxing those relationships and it is important to have the right kind of support like professional support someone that you're actually investing in investing in yourself that you can go to with this stuff and actually work through it instead of just sitting there venting and and staying stuck in that victimy place that powerlessness that state of feeling like you can't do anything to change your situation and you keep going to the same people thinking you're going to get something different and usually you end up getting the same responses and so this just perpetuates the cycle. So the way out of the venting is to get empowered, to start taking different actions and get the right support. The third one is reading more books. You're reading relationship books and self-help books and audio books and podcasts about relationships but relationships take two people to work on them. So if you are reading all the books about communication and, um, you know, the love languages and all these things, they're, those are great tools if both people are open to learning from them. And if you have someone in, in your relationship that has zero interest in looking at themselves, taking accountability, learning new ways, communicating properly, working through issues, and you're over there reading stacks of books, that's only going to improve you, which is great. We want to, we want you to grow yourself, but it's not getting you to a place where you're building the strength to actually get out of the situation. If it was, that's probably what you would have done by now. Am I right? If you're one of those ones, like I was, I'm not excluding myself, uh, stacks and stacks and stacks of books, and you keep thinking each book is going to have the answer that you're seeking, and it doesn't, and you just grow more and more and more frustrated and desperate. And that just reaffirms that no matter what I do, I can't get out of this place, I stay stuck in the same place, nothing I do works, and you feel hopeless. So while reading books has its place, it can actually become an addiction in its own, a very handy distraction in its own to say, I'm doing the work, I'm doing the work. I'm, you hear me talk about doing the work. 
going to therapy and reading books isn't actually doing the work. It's not actually doing the work. So the third is that you're reading and researching and stuck in, in learning mode, which is a small part of the process for sure. We can stay stuck in that and it keeps driving the same patterns. And if you look at your own life, you will see that that is the case. And then the last one is, as I just mentioned, going to therapy. So as someone with a background in therapy, in counseling psychology, I love a lot of obviously like counseling. I love psychology. I love uh, working with women and coaching and teaching and all that in my programs. But there's aspects to the counseling field that are not ideal. And so a few of them are like, number one, they don't offer a strategy. It's not, it's not a place for a strategy. In fact, there's things that you need to go into a session prepared with to get the most out of your sessions if you're going to use therapy. If you just go in to vent, sure, it will feel better for the moment, but you go right back into the scenario at home and you're right back where you came from. You're right back where you started. So therapy doesn't offer a different level of support. It doesn't offer a strategy. It doesn't offer some, uh, support or a place to check in between sessions. You're kind of left on your own. There's no, you're like in no man's land. There is, uh, there's no community you can check in with of other women that are going through it with you. And this is why I created my program and the cycle evolved to, to fill in these gaps of you have access to a community. You have somewhere you can post, you have the ability to get a question answered, or if you're struggling, you can get support. You can hop on a call. There is learning modules for you to be studying and implementing, implementing the work between live calls. So I've structured it so that you have this well-rounded strategy with support because therapy in itself is not enough in these types of scenarios. There's a place for it in the process, but I don't recommend it in the very beginning when you come into my programs and I explain why that is and what to do instead, but it is about doing your own work and taking ownership over your life in a different way, not just going to therapy and venting every week. You need a strategy, you need proper support, you need to have the ability to ask questions as they come up, as things are happening in real time, because that's when we have the greatest opportunity to have a shift is when we're caught in a similar pattern. We catch ourselves there and we have somewhere we can go to get advice to do something different this time. When you go to therapy, if you're going once a week or twice a week, there's there's no support in between that. Therapists typically don't offer in-between session support, right? We're actually trained not to offer that because it can create a dependence with the client, right? So I, I do get that in a sense, but also women in this type of scenario, you need that kind of support in the beginning because it's such a difficult thing to go through. As you get on onto the other side and you rebuild your life and you get, you kind of recover yourself, you know, a year, year and a half beyond you start to feel like you're getting your footing again and you can go back to different ways of doing the work. But when you are in the relationship and you're experiencing these cycles, you need a different level of support so that you can move forward. So the, the time to actually reach out and get support is in the moment when you're feeling the need or when you're feeling yourself caught in old patterns. So this is where just going to therapy doesn't work. And this also is assuming that the therapist 
does not know anything about narcissistic abuse, the, the gaslighting and the cycles and the covert stuff that goes on. This is assuming they don't have that because most of them don't unless they've lived it. It's not something that we're taught. There's a very, very basic glossed over version of personality disorders when you are trained as a counselor and social worker or whatever. There's, it's touched on, but it's through the diagnostic manual. Here's your checklist. Well, most of it doesn't make any sense. Like, oh, grandiosity and they think they're wonderful. No, it's not just that. It's a different type of abuse that leaves you feeling like you're going crazy. So we have narcissism, like we all have, and we have narcissistic abuse. Like there's no empathy. You're just being treated like shit, right? And if a therapist doesn't get that, they're going to be counseling you on how you can improve, how you can be more loving, how you can have date nights, how you can schedule sex, how you can say nicer things to him and butter him up and all this crap that you're given as far as advice goes for relationships that does not work when you are experiencing this type of manipulation and emotional psychological abuse financial abuse it could even be and financial abuse goes both ways by the way because I have worked with women and I have clients who are the wealthy breadwinning they have a a successful career and their husbands are siphoning off of them and draining them dry and they're trying to keep their careers going to keep everything afloat while they're living in an abusive relationship with someone who is constantly undermining them at every turn So your health is going down the drain, your capacity to focus goes down the drain, and then your livelihood starts to go down the drain. And then where will you be, right? So these are realities. It can go either way. It can be that, so you have to be able to see the reality of your situation first very clearly in order to change it, to be able to really see and feel the problem and that it's not getting better based on everything that you've done so far. And it's because you've not been given the correct process the correct guidance to actually move the needle move yourself into new directions so when you're caught in these the effects are that you have a loss of focus that perhaps your income is being impacted because you have to take sick days off of work mental health days maybe you're having health issues and they're from the stress of this and you're not seeing that. If not, check out some of the episodes um, I have here on the mind-body connection. There are a few episodes in my series around that. But if you're experiencing health issues, then the next thing is that, well, you're you're being put out because you're not feeling well. And it's causing you to feel like, I can't leave because I'm so sick. And I now further need this person because I'm not well. And then them taking advantage of that perpetuates more of your symptoms. Like it's... It, It's just such a messed up thing that ends up happening and you have to save yourself. You have to put the oxygen mask on yourself and get up and take action. Like just put this whole relationship thing on the side burner. So what I teach you how to do in my program, you put it on the side burner. You're no longer putting any more energy into that. It takes this shift within you. And then you're working on yourself with a system, with a process, with coaching that actually moves you forward. Um, The next is that you you end up with less mental clarity. So you have a lot of brain fog. You can't think straight. So this impacts every area of your life, your work, your career, your parenting, 
everything. You're forgetting things. Your energy is scattered. You're absent-minded. It, it's just easy to forget things when you're so distracted mentally with the brain fog and from the stress of it, it causes all this brain fog. So it's just this really toxic scenario that you are bathing in that is actually taking you down. And the forgetting things does show up with parenting. Like you forgot about Susie's um, special party they're doing at school and she's the only kid that shows up without a dessert or a treat or a cupcake or juice boxes or whatever it is, right? Or there's something going on at the school, something going on with one of your kids that you completely forget about. And, or you forget to pick them up or you're doing things that are so absent-minded you can't figure out why this is happening. It's from the stress. It's from experiencing trauma. And it actually takes some time to really heal this even after you've gotten out. Like you see the effects that all this has had on you. And it takes a while for your nervous system to rewire. And you need different strategies obviously to, to kind of navigate that because that part of it is physiological. It's hard to... It's one of those things like you're in the situation. So you, yeah, you need to get out of it to get the clarity, but you're in the situation. You don't know, have the clarity. So what do we do in the meantime? And that's what my program does is it helps you. Well, what do you do in the meantime? Because you're not ready to make that decision. You can't think straight. You have brain fog. You're forgetting things. You're struggling at work. You can't go to work. You're struggling with parenting. Well, how do you even make a decision to leave from that place? Of course you can't. So the advice to just leave is so stupid. It doesn't take into account all of those things. You need guidance. Like, how do I get out of this? How do I get out of bed and carry on and go to work? And how do I take care of myself in a different way so that this isn't taking me down? How do I start putting my life at the forefront right now so that I can save myself? Because you get to the place where you feel like you're sucking at everything, (laughs) like you're failing at every turn. That does not help your self-esteem. And then you feel less confident in your decision to walk away because you think you still need this person because you're failing everything. And all of this leads to so many health issues for women, burnout, exhaustion, adrenal fatigue, thyroid issues, menstrual issues, all this stuff is going on. And you just, what's happening is you're burning out further and further and your health is going down the drain further and further. So this is not like an uplifting episode, I understand it's more of a wake up call that you have to be able to see what you're in and accept it fully, get out of the doubt, the self doubt, and realize that if I keep doing the same thing I'm doing over and over and over and over, I'm going to get the same result. And no, it's not going to stay the same. It is only going to get worse. Because as you have seen, it only gets worse. You have the evidence of that in your own life. You can see that it has only ever just gotten worse. It doesn't stay the same. It's like health issues. If you ignore health issues, the root of the health issues, they're not going to stay the same. They're going to get worse. And then different health issues will crop up as a result of that imbalance that has not been dealt with. And that's like this type of living in this type of relationship. You have to deal with yourself. You need to put the relationship on a a shelf. Put your your partner on a shelf and what he's doing and not doing. And you take that energy and you do your own work. 
and you get the support that you need. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Awakening Women podcast. If you love this show and it has served you and helped you on your journey, please take a moment right now and leave a rating and review in iTunes and Spotify. If you'd like more daily content, videos, and inspiration, come on over and join me at Awakening Women Support Official over on Instagram, where we can connect and you can continue your transformation and growth journey. And I'll see you online. Take care. Thank you.